0: Hey. Hello. Hi. We're facetiming today.
1: We are, cuz I I like it's not the same when we can't see each other.
0: No, it's not. It's not at all.
1: Um, how are you? Um, I'm good. I'm drinking my Robert Mondavi Pinot Grigio.
0: Nice, nice.
1: Sounds very fancy, but I assure you it's probably not. My fiance got it as a gift from one of the he's like does maintenance, so he got it as a gift from one of his tenants.
0: Nice. Okay. And I
1: was like, "You speak in my language, baby."
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. What a great, you
1: know, gift. Yeah, a nice perk. She sent chocolate chip cookies too, and I'm like, "Girl, <laughs> Sing you are, a song."
0: You are quickly becoming uh our favorite tenants to work for.
1: Absolutely, it was. It was nice. That's funny. How are you? How's life? Liberty and the pursuit oh. of happiness. It,
0: I mean, it is what it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's going on your gravestone. Yep, it is what it is. It was what it was. Yeah, that's
0: perfect. Absolutely <laughs> perfect. I'm not mad at it. Um. Yeah, I got my cuddle clone today.
1: I don't. So a cuddle clone is like a clone of your pet yes um is it like I know it probably doesn't have to be but is it specifically for when your pet dies no
0: it's for it's for anyone um that just wants a stuffed animal of their dog or cat or whatever pet um and uh yeah so but a lot of times it happens whenever um they pass away because you don't think about having a stuffed animal
1: I don't think I, if, like, if one of my cats died, oh my god, I don't know if I could get one of those, like, right away.
0: Uh, it was a surprise. Okay. So, it was kind of nice. Um,
1: I could imagine it would be really comforting, but that would just, like, rip my heart out every time. Yeah. It's,
0: it's good for me, because it's really bothering me. I couldn't be with him, and mm-hmm. I didn't get to hold him. Yeah. <laughs> And I miss my dog. So, like, now I kind of get to hold my dog in a sense. So it's, like, comforting. I Um, could see
1: that. It would just, it would be, like, because I'm sure, is it, like, super realistic?
0: Oh, the face is a little fucky. But, like, otherwise, (laughs) it's really hard. I mean, he was a Pekingese. He had a smushed face. So, yeah, it's not very easy to you know imitate that mm-hmm. um but it's still cute it still looks like him they got his coloration perfectly Aww. and he had like very odd spots so they did a really good job
1: oh who um, who was it from
0: t- who gave it to me you mean
1: yeah like you said it was a
0: surprise. oh place. yeah joey joey bought it for me
1: oh okay that's cute
0: so um
1: yeah so that was nice i got that
0: but it also made me sad so i'm kind of sad today
1: that makes sense yeah
0: but otherwise I'm good. well
1: i mean well obviously any corrections first of all uh no question mark no question mark yeah
0: i feel mm, i can't pull it up i feel like sophie had said something
1: well she did correct us on our on that family icebreaker question uh, she about, did correct us on that and she said the um because okay like last week Rachel asked what fictional family I would be a part of if I could be. And I was like, I, and she said the Weasleys and I could not come up with another Harry Potter family that was like cool, because most of them honestly suck. And she did remind us of the loop of uh, the Lupins. Yeah. And, and
0: just Tonks' family too.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I did. I forgot about that. Those That one didn't immediately come to me.
0: I feel like she said something about the Central Park Five case that I needed to address. She also said you did a fantastic job.
1: I appreciate that. I was so nervous to do it.
0: Um. Yeah, she said you did fantastic. She usually, like, live messages me while she's listening to the episodes. Um. Okay, so she said... One of the reasons why the jogger believed there was more than one person was because they found marks on her body that were consistent with more than one attacker. Mm. So the reason that she seemed so steadfast and the fact that she thought that they were, there was more than one person.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Um, so, so yeah. Well, and it um, sounded like she was like damaged beyond the the ability of one person. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, that makes sense. So. Um, I think that was my only correction. Pretty sure. Well, you want to do some icebreakers? I do. Okay. My first one is if you could be if a meme could describe your life, what meme would it be?
0: Um, you know the one of the dog sitting at a table and Fuck the entire you. house is on fire? That
1: was mine. <laughs> fine everything is fine fuck you I, knew, <laughs> I was like if this motherfucker picks mine I'm gonna be so mad <laughs> that is 110% my life that really is mine too because like sometimes like okay so for example the mornings are really hard for me like I cannot mm-hmm. get my ass motivated to save my life in the morning it, it's a real problem and it will literally just be like, oh I have to start work in fifteen minutes. Yep. It's okay. And I'll like (laughs) be disheveled as fuck and and, like still drinking my coffee and I'll be like, everything's fine. No, your life is falling apart. (laughs) I think there's
0: one of like a dumpster on fire too. That could also be it.
1: Oh that's a good one. Um I also like the the this is an old one, but it's that little girl named Chloe. Oh, and she's like, and she's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I
0: love that one. I, like I make that one. face uh-huh. a lot, uh-huh.
1: like all the time. I
0: made mean, it, yeah. There's another one of uh, Thomas, uh, Thomas the train engine, and he has this look on his face, like, what the fuck? And he has that real big eyebrow crease.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me
0: too, because uh-huh. I can't control my face. Like, I cannot control my facial expressions, and it gives me away every time. So,
1: I feel like that that's kind of part of being like an like an empath though is like you just let your emotions show
0: yeah i
1: just it's
0: a problem when i can't do it at work though
1: at work and like, like if you're in an argument with someone and you're trying like not to be a dick
0: <laughs> yeah well i don't care so much about that but like i've been at like trainings and like obviously the person is spewing some bullshit and i'll be there like what the fuck are you even talking about uh-huh like I I went to one of my larps and someone caught that on camera my what the fuck face and I was it's the most precious picture cuz it's just my constant face. Oh, I
1: feel like it's on your is it on your Facebook? I feel like I've yeah. seen it.
0: Yeah, I'm I think I'm like when my one arm is up and I'm like this and I have like this weird fa- like face like this and yeah. yeah, it's me. It's me. Um pretty much any meme that is like making fun of how shitty my life is going is mine. Like there's <laughs> another one where the person is falling down the steps. Um <laughs> it's when people ask me how my life is going Um, anything like
1: anything that's very uh sarcastic or ironic or sassy yeah i think oh one more there's
0: one about brain fog so i have brain fog a lot with like my fibro Uh
1: uh-huh
0: and it's they're like it's one about making toast it's like I can't cook what can I make uh I'm gonna make toast and it's like (laughs) a minute later I figure what I'm doing and the toaster pops and I scream like (laughs) that's also me
1: (laughs) how would you describe brain fog um
0: it depends on the the level of brain fog I'm having but literally I forget what I'm doing within five seconds of setting out to do it usually Um, and I just, I cannot focus on anything. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's, it's a haze in my brain. That's the best way I can describe it. Like, and I just can't work through it.
1: Yeah. When I, I have it, it's more depression related, but like, it'll literally just feel like almost kind of like everything's far away.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. And like, or like underwater is sometimes how I think about it. Like
1: yes yep and like and I also this is what I hate I hate when I am like trying to have fun or like hang out with people or something and I'm feeling that because Mm -hmm. I don't I don't feel like funny I don't feel fun at all I feel like my reaction time like lags
0: have you ever been with people and like you're having a great time and then within 30 seconds your social meter runs out and you're like fuck I don't want to do this I don't want to be here I need to leave right fucking now and then you just sit there that is me.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: So I feel that. But yeah, that was good. That was a good icebreaker.
1: Yeah, that was a good. Movie. What was your other one? Um, my other one was just what fictional villain is your favorite? Oh.
0: All right. Do you have yours?
1: I love Maleficent.
0: I was I was almost gonna say Maleficent. I but love I didn't. her,
1: and I like I like their the story they created around her too. Mm-hmm. That um, it's like one of those things where there's a side of the story that you always hear and then there's hers and i i think it's really nice. Okay. Have you seen those movies? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, i like those. Um, so yeah. I like her. Is that
0: your your final answer? You don't have any others just that one?
1: Uh. I think so. Okay. I have 3. Okay.
0: Uh Mystique because how fucking cool would that be? Okay. To be able to just shapeshift into anyone. Okay, yeah. Um, Poison Ivy, just because she's super fucking hot.
1: She's hot, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, sure. And Sarah Sanderson from Hocus Pocus.
1: Oh, yeah. I never would have thought of them as a as a villain, but I guess they are. Yeah, yeah. They're still villains. Yeah, they are. Um, I love that movie. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. It's I a miss, solid
1: movie. I miss Halloween.
0: Me too. And if you fuckers don't start putting on your masks, we're not going to have Halloween and we're (laughs) going (laughs) to die.
1: Quickly, just throwing that. Yeah, don't ruin Halloween
0: for me, please.
1: I was like talking. I was talking to a client, and he fucking makes me laugh so hard. He was like, "These people." He's like, "He's like, they're getting mad over a mask." He's like, "Just wear the fucking mask." like he's so i was just like you know what you're right like you're absolutely you're You're absolutely right right. just wear the fucking mask it's not that hard it's really not that hard
0: no one's encroaching on your freedoms um okay so (laughs) (laughs) yeah um okay uh favorite disney character
1: i love the three little fairies on um sleeping beauty oh yeah they equal one character
0: they all eat. They just equal one together. I've
1: always loved them because one's like really like level-headed, and one is like really sweet, and the other one is like sassy and like hilarious. So I uh, like, I like them.
0: I have lots of Disney characters. That I do too. I name. really <laughs> narrowed
1: it down. I was really into Sleeping Beauty.
0: Oh well, that makes sense.
1: I mean, yeah, I said Maleficent too. So yeah. What are you? Um.
0: So I love Belle.
1: Belle's cool. Bell's legit. Um, Belle's like a kindred spirit.
0: But I also really love Lumiere.
1: <laughs> oh, yes, we do. And I like the... What's the clock's name? Oh, my God. Uh, why do I... I wanted to say Gaston. No, that's... Isn't not it what, I, what... Isn't it like... It's like something Watts? I can't... I don't know.
0: Anyway, fun fact. I wanted to... Cogsworth. Uh, I wanted Tom's to play Lumiere in the musical, um, but they did the musical the year after I graduated.
1: <laughs> oh, that's sad. So. She wanted uh, one fucking thing. She wanted one fucking thing. But yeah,
0: no. So, um, Lumiere.
1: How did you like the, did, did you see the Emma Watson Beauty and mm-hmm. the Beast? Yeah,
0: that I that thought great? it was really good. I mm-hmm. thought it,
1: I thought that was like the best Disney remake.
0: Yeah, I I did really enjoy it.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I like all of them, though. I'll watch. I'm excited for the Little Mermaid one.
1: I'm excited for that one. Aladdin.
0: Uh-uh. I didn't watch it
1: Aladdin. That wasn't good. I mean, it was like fine, but.
0: Uh. Yeah, I didn't
1: watch it yet. Like Lion King was just literally Lion King with animatronic, lions. like real-ish lions. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I can't. Like, Lion King was a very large part of my childhood, so I just can't.
1: Well, and it's, like, different. And me and my brother, i been talking about this when it first came out. Like, talking animals that look, that are, so, like, supposed to be real are weird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're just weird.
0: Yeah, the fact, yeah, I can get that. Which segues into my next question, actually. <laughs> um, would you, out of these two that you have to pick, would you rather talk, be able to talk to animals or speak every language?
1: I know what yours is.
0: Oh, yeah, obviously.
1: Obviously. Shit, I know you said this one wouldn't throw me, but it's throwing me.
0: (laughs) Oh, I just figured it'd be easy because it's only two. Don't get me wrong. I see the benefits in the language thing, but I just don't fucking care. Like, I want to be able to talk to every animal that exists ever.
1: Uh, Honestly, yeah, I, I completely get that. Because that's it's that this is actually really difficult for me to pick, but i I think I'd probably go with languages yeah. only because you could literally travel anywhere and not have to worry about a language barrier at all
0: okay, hey, but let me let me throw this in, okay. there are animals everywhere you go, and you can still ask those animals <laughs> if you need something do
1: you really think like a bird's gonna know where the like closest Starbucks is? I mean I mean they no, we have a phone for that, okay. <laughs> All like, right. phones
0: can translate for you.
1: Well, now I'm back on the fucking fence. So.
0: <laughs> God no, it. stick with the language thing. I just think the animal thing would be amazing.
1: I would love to know, like, what... But also, okay, but here's the thing. We're both introverts, and I know you... I know. I mean, we all we love our pets. But like, I wouldn't want these motherfuckers talking to me all day.
0: No, no, I'd love it. Especially because they could tell me what was wrong.
1: Yeah, but, like... It'd be, like... Also, children. my dogs...
0: My dogs are pretty, inter- like, they just sleep. Like, I don't think it would be a problem. My cat, on the other hand, would never shut the fuck up. But it would be really nice because when he's screaming at 3 a.m. and go, what the fuck do you want? He can go, like, feed me or whatever the fuck he needs, you know?
1: Yeah. My So Colby would be, like, super chill. He really doesn't, like, want to be fucked with most of the time. Yeah. Tux, though, Tux would never shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If anyone watches F is for Family, there's this little kid on that show. Who's so fucking annoying, he just goes, You know what? You know what? You know what? That's what Tux would do. (laughs) All fucking day. He'd be like, you know what? You know what? And I'd be like, I'm gonna fucking push you through a wall.
0: Just just give him a shit ton of catnip and he'll be fine.
1: Oh my god. He would never he would never shut the fuck up. That would be my (laughs) only problem.
0: We we bought Niffler a flopping fish that you put catnip in and it actually flops around when you touch it. He's fucking terrified of it. Um, but it's really great because, uh, I'm also growing fresh catnip. So we've been giving him catnip more frequently. Um, and he is just like totally like freaked out by the fish, especially when he's super high on catnip.
1: (laughs) So wait, is it like electronic? Like, Mm -hmm. I want to, you have to send me a video. I think I posted one on Facebook. Did you? Like how how long? Oh no,
0: I didn't. I just sent it to someone. I'll send it to you.
1: I saw the asparagus, but yeah, not the floppy fish. Yeah,
0: no, I'll send you the floppy
1: fish. But yeah. All right, well, you want to hear a story? I do. It's going to both depress you and make you kind of happy. All right. So here we go. So my... uh My major source um, was a BuzzFeed News article by Virginia Hughes from June 6, 2019, so about a year ago. It was extremely thorough um, and very, very detailed. Um, Awesome. So this is the case of, it's the family of Hiram Johnson. So Hiram is like the main character, but it goes into like his background and stuff. It's really interesting. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. All right. So as a Black kid in Compton, California, Hiram Johnson always wondered why his father, Fred, had very different features from him. Fred had fine hair, lighter skin, and even passed for white among people who didn't know them. When Hiram asked his father about his background, Fred described his mother, Bernice, as a beautiful Black woman, but he never mentioned his father. Uh, Hiram figured his father likely was not Black, but he desperately wanted to know more. Fred refused to share anything about the paternal side of his family. Um, so about 30 years later, when Hiram grew up, his dad, at that time, like 79 years old, finally decided to share more. So it turns out that his mother from Mississippi had been convicted of murdering a neighbor and was sentenced to serve two years at the Mississippi State Penit- Penitentiary, a.k.a. Um, Parchment Farm. Yes. What do you know anything about this place? Yeah. No. Okay.
0: I remember bits of this case. Uh Uh-huh. But the fact that she only got two... Well, like, I'm curious about what the circumstances around the murder were. Mm
1: -hmm. That she got two
0: years. Okay. All right.
1: Well, I just wonder, because you're, like, really familiar with, like, criminal justice and the legal system, this parchment farm sounds like hell on earth. Is it a labor farm? Uh Uh-huh.
0: Well, you know, there you go. The fact that that was even a fucking option and is... An option is
1: it just like i'll tell you more but it just sounds fucking awful yeah <sighs> and she was only 21 like at oh this arrest God. so yeah it's crazy um so yeah she went she was sentenced to serve for two years for this murder which you'll find out more about um shortly after she was released she had fred um Fred never knew who his dad was and it they figured it could have been an inmate, a warden, a guard, perhaps even the governor of Mississippi. So Hiram was shocked and began a 10-year-long search for information about his family's past. It wouldn't be until 2018 when he got a, finally a definitive answer after taking a DNA test. Hiram followed his genetic results to distant cousins and family secrets and Hiram also dug up he dug up evidence of two horrific crimes one was committed by his grandmother and the other by his grandfather both crimes were deeply rooted in racism and sexism which in like the 1920s south were running rampant right so Hiram discovers the Mississippi Department of Archives and History Um, this is a century-old state agency whose mission is to like preserve history so he sent in a formal request um for bernice's prison records soon he got a thick stack of papers in the mail um on august 16th 1926 according to the court transcripts bernice johnson at that time 21 years old got into a fight with another young woman in their neighbor's yard bernice who at that time was seven months pregnant with a different child not with fred um was mad at her neighbor, Carrie Berkeley for flirting with her husband. Testimonies about the day from Bernice, Carrie, and other witnesses don't really add up, so it's really, like, impossible to, um, like, reconstruct exactly what happened that day. But allegedly, Carrie slashed Bernice's arm and hand with a knife, and Bernice struck her with an iron bar. Like, holy shit. Wow. Like, that's some Jerry Springer-level shit. Yeah. So, Bernice like ran home, and then she ran into Carrie's mom on her way. They began striking each other with bars and clubs. Like Jesus Christ! What? But like, where are these women getting all these fucking bars and clubs? Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, what the actual fuck?
1: <laughs> They're like packing on these streets of Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. Bernice says that when Carrie Carrie came, saw like the mom and Bernice fighting. Carrie came at her with a knife and said, I'm going to cut that damn baby out of you. Holy shit. Like, okay, bitch. Just stop flirting with my husband. Like, that's all I wanted. I don't yeah. know. I'm on Bernice's side here. I don't know what happened, but. um, So someone ended up breaking up the fight, but Bernice heard Carrie's mom threaten to kill her. So Bernice went home, <laughs> got her pistol, and returned to the street and continued fighting. By the end, Bernice had fired at least three bullets, and one of them hit Carrie's 11-year-old sister in the stomach and killed her. Oh, So that's, like, a major fucking bummer. Yeah. And, like... It's hard to say, because it's like, if you're being threatened like that, you're gonna defend yourself, but that's, like, a really unfortunate accident.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely unfortunate that she killed... Her, but at the same time, like, she probably should have just walked away. It, yes. You know, you don't know what you do in that situation. You truly don't. And I'm not trying to pass any kind of judgment. I just, it's a shame, you know, yeah, for everybody I mean, involved.
1: It is. And, like, if you feel legitimately threatened and these people, like, I don't know, you're pregnant and you really thought you were in danger. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's sad as shit. So, yeah. um, by the time of the trial, Bernice had given birth. Um, she claimed that she'd been acting in self-defense, but the jury found her guilty of manslaughter and sentenced her to two years of hard labor at Parchment Farm. Mm-hmm. So in her appeal to the state Supreme Court a, m- a few months later, Bernice's own lawyer called the incident. This is her own lawyer. And I quote, an ordinary Negro woman fight. Jesus. <laughs> And he said what that the most fuck. Yep, he said most of the testimonies should be discounted except for one white man who gave a testimony.
0: Oh, of course.
1: Uh-huh. Because um again, I quote, a so-called solemn oath has little if any restraining influence on this character of witnesses.
0: Let All me right. just throw up a little
1: bit. Little so Bernice arrived at the notorious Parchman Farm, it, which they called which uh, some called Destination Doom in June. Makes sense? Yeah. In June 1927, it's 20,000 acres w- made a profit for the state. <laughs> and um and it, it it effectively created a government-backed slave plantation. Yeah. That's yep. Gross. Um and yeah. most in with mostly black inmates overseen by white guards and and admins, which is like really fucked up. But typical for the time. Yes. It just I can't imagine what they endured. Well, here, here's a little snippet. Um so prisoners worked long days in the fields and were often like whipped, assaulted, terrorized. Um mm-hmm. The female inmates who are almost all black, um, they did hard labor too, as well as cooking and sewing. Some were like domestic servants of at the homes of the prison administrators and like state like government workers, including the governor, according to um, to T. Dionne Bailey, a historian at the University of Virginia, and um, she states to be a black woman incarcerated at Parchman meant that the prison had access to you. Their access to you was boundless. Um, they had access to you physically, mentally, and of course, sexually. Yeah. Um, so Hiram doesn't have much documentation about what happened to his grandmother while at Parchman, including about the pregnancy or the resulting baby. Hiram, and I think maybe I misspoke earlier. I said that she had she had given birth by the time of the trial, but I think I meant she hadn't. Oh,
0: okay because, okay.
1: because he believes that she had... Um, that she had a miscarriage due to stress. At seven months? This so what this says is um he doesn't have pregnancy uh, any information about the pregnancy or the resulting baby. Hiram assumes that given all the stress and physical labor, Bernice miscarried in any case, roughly nine months after Bernice entered the prison, she conceived his father. So that so she conceived Fred while in the prison. And there's wow. no information about the baby from before.
0: I mean, I'm not saying that's not possible. I'm just kind of like, that's very far along in a pregnancy.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's maybe. still possible,
0: especially with the hard labor and everything.
1: And maybe maybe it was like stillborn.
0: Yeah. You know? Wow. I, I could have. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, where was I... Okay, so then Fred was born on November 19th, 1928, just 13 days after she was released from Parchman. Hiram isn't sure why she was released after only 16 months of her two-year term, but Bailey, that historian from the University of Virginia that I mentioned, she kind of assumes that it might have been, that she might have been released early to avoid any rumors about where the baby came from
0: i mean how are you gonna avoid it she got pregnant while she was incarcerated where the hell did you think the baby came from
1: well he was gonna have light complexion though so like it's better for them to just think that maybe it was another inmate another black inmate okay you know then have him come out like and he was apparently very like fair complected so it would be pretty apparent yeah okay um, so Fred tried to help Hiram fill in the in the gaps in, in his story by telling, and, and Fred is Hiram's dad, um, he tried to help his son, like, fill in the gaps about, like, with his, any childhood memories that he might have. So he grew up in the 1930s um, with his mom and her husband, a Black man named George Johnson, as well as the couple's three older, or three other kids. So Fred's skin was much lighter than half his siblings and he told Hiram that he thought his mother like coddled him a lot because of that. Um Bernice worked as a maid for the local sheriff, a white man, and Fred always wondered if that man was his dad. Um and then okay so this is really interesting. Then there were like these random gifts that would that would appear for for uh Fred. Um a couple of white girls would show up at the door with like food and clothes. Um, one time a football uniform appeared and this like broke my heart and like little Fred was so like, he loved this football uniform so much that he like wore it to school. Aww. I think that's like so like adorable and like kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fred said he had no idea who those, the white girls were. Bernice told him that they were his sisters, but whenever he asked about his dad, um, She advised him, in no uncertain terms, Hiram says, that he should keep quiet. Even Fred's birth certificate was a mystery with his father's name listed as John Henry Luck. Okay. Which, I I found that kind of odd, because, like, wouldn't it just say, like, nothing? Or, like, John Doe? Or, like, I don't know.
0: They might have pressured her into giving a name, or she gave a name so that there wouldn't be
1: any... Any questions. Yeah okay that makes sense
0: especially if this was in the 20s
1: yeah um so so in 2011 three years after hiram learned about bernice's prison time he and a co-writer published a creative memoir about her life titled reason to fight based on historical documents family memories and poetic license when it was adapted as a screenplay they held two stage readings One at the Black Academy of Arts and Letters in Dallas, and the other at the Actors Co-op Theater Company in Hollywood. Um, His, and I thought this was sad, his father died a couple years earlier, but Hiram sent a bunch of copies to, like, distant relatives on his dad's side, and he really hoped that it would, like, stir up some old memories about his grandmother, Um, and it ended up doing that. So in 2014, he heard from his dad's second cousin, Edith Weaver. I thought this was really cool. She was actually a celebrity. Her stage name was Ta-Tanisha. So T-A-Tanisha. She had appeared in TV shows during the seventies, like Room 222, Good Times, and Sanford and Son. Huh. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Edith told Hiram that she loved the book and she shared it with her mother, who at that time was like 87 years old, Um And Edith told Hiram that her mom's theory, she wrote this in a letter. She says, she remembers that your dad looked white, Edith wrote to him. She says she heard that Bernice killed someone, went to jail in Mississippi, and was raped. Mama says she heard back then that the warden did it. Wow. To Hiram, Edith's Edith's note was a provocative lead, but far from, like, cold hard fact. Right. Um, he didn't know her well and he had never met her elderly mother and by that point she was one of several relatives kind of like just shooting out theories um so he said like it was just another theory um like a possibility and after a long career in law enforcement he he really wanted more concrete evidence so he moved on to like actual dna testing
0: okay
1: so he tried several dna tests and he found that he had white relatives but like and he, he conversed with those people he had match like matches to, but none of them gave any insight on who his grandfather might be. Right. Um, okay. So they just didn't go anywhere. But then he tried 23andMe in 2018, and this linked him with a guy named Bruce Kennamore as a second cousin. Um, Hiram wasn't very excited about this because they only shared two percent of their DNA, but Bruce reached out to him, so Hiram just like went with it. Um Bruce mentioned that his mother's family was from Mississippi, and this got Hiram like excited. So, um, he asked Bruce if he had any relatives that worked at the penitentiary. And then Bruce said, Yes, I had a relative who was warden of Parchman. Bruce replied, I wish I could say that your grandfather your grandmother's and the warden's relationship was based on mutual consent, but I'm sure it wasn't. Oh wow. So now into this background about Bruce Kennemore, who Hiram was linked with. Um, He was white and grew up in suburban St. Louis. He he grew up during segregation and he and his sisters attended whites only schools, used a whites only swimming pool. He said it was a nice place to grow up, pretty bland. Um, Bruce, now 81, told um, the BuzzFeed news article. In retrospect, pretty conservative. Like many of us, he didn't notice the inequality and obvious privilege that he enjoyed and that he was born into. Um, so the Black community in St. Louis uh, protested the pool segregation. And in 1953, city council voted to integrate the pool. Three years later, Bruce graduated. Um, he and his wife graduated together. His wife's name's Jane. Um, so like they really just I think they highlighted this history because they just showed that like Bruce saw it all. I mean, he was Right. he was like it was segregated and then they started integrating and then he graduated. So he really saw like this whole evolution.
0: Yeah. And he was is he's significantly older than Hiram then?
1: I think so. I don't know if I have Hiram's age in here. But he must be because his dad was born in like the late 20s. And then in 81, or I'm sorry, in 2018, Bruce was 81.
0: Right. And it says that um, Hiram was a teenager in the 1970s.
1: Right, and he so. was a teenager, and Bruce was a teenager in, what did I say, like, the 50s? Yeah. Yeah, so he's, so yeah, he's probably, okay. Hiram's probably, like, in his 60s or something. Okay. Hmm, um. hmm. <laughs> So then Bruce and Jane, they had two daughters and they ended up settling um, right outside of Chicago. Um, a couple years ago, Bruce's son-in-law was digging into the origins of the Kenamore name and found that it had German roots. This came as a surprise to Bruce, um, who always had been told that he was Scottish. So he was curious to know more. And he also took a DNA test. Um, his was from Ancestry. Uh, The results showed that he did have some Scottish ancestry, though the Kennemore name was indeed German. After that, he ordered a 23andMe test, and that looks at different markers. And this Mm -hmm. test revealed, he'd end up figuring out it was Hiram, that his closest, that some of his closest um genetic relatives were black. Um, so as a kid in the 40s, living in the white area of St. Louis, Bruce took a long Train ride every summer to um, visit his mother's family in the deep south. Um, her father's name was Carl, or his his father's name was Carl Fox. He was a prominent lawyer, serving as Mississippi's assistant attorney general before working for the Mobile and Ohio Railroad. Um, Bruce remembered his grandfather as taciturn but pleasant, a gentleman. Um, one of Bruce's earliest memories, around 1947, was um, sitting on carl's lap rocking in a rocking in a chair and reading the ll bean catalog Uh, when bruce was a little older he went a few times to west point mississippi um to spend time with them um and he he really stresses that like what they in the deep south it was really important like who your family was Mm -hmm. so he says if you meet someone from the east they'll ask you where'd you go to school in the midwest they ask, Where do you, who do you work for? And in the South, it's, who's your family? Right, okay. So then we're back to now, back to 2018. Over several weeks, Hiram and Bruce, they pieced together um, the full story. Bruce told Hiram that he knew about the warden. Many years ago, he found an essay written by his late mother detailing a visit she had had with the warden at Parchman. Bruce told Hiram his mother's maiden name was Fox. From his research, Hiram figured out that um, the man in charge of parchment during Bernice's time there was also named Fox. It was Lee Thomas Fox. Sure enough, when Bruce looked up this name, um, he found that it was Carl Fox's brother. So it was Bruce's great uncle. Okay, was the warden of this of the penitentiary.
0: Okay,
1: um, Hiram and his wife visited. Oh, so I mean, ultimately, like that's they—that's how they added it up. So, um, his, his uh Sophia Bruce's mom, his uncle was the the man that raped and impregnated Bernice. Okay. So when they kind of pieced all this together, Hiram and his wife ended up visiting Lee Thomas Fox's grave site. Um, Hiram's feelings about the visit were complicated, and he has trouble putting them into words. At first, yeah. he was right like at first he was happy because he found it and he made these connections but then he also had to like come to terms with he was se this guy was 57 years old and he raped bernice johnson who was 22 and like what all this implied for his own family i think that would just be mind-boggling
0: yeah, I mean, you're excited because you found this missing piece of your history,
1: but, but you also find it's out it's a, a horrible. Piece of shit. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's a horrible missing
1: piece. Mhm. Um So then Bruce and Hiram, they continue to like keep in touch and kind of speculate on what happened. Hiram told Bruce that he suspected LT had which is Lee Thomas had um at least one other black descendant besides him his top match on 23 and me was a young black woman who shared a large portion of his dna about 13% making them probable first cousins um hiram i was going to
0: ask like if there was proof of any other you know
1: r- and you figure there has got to be yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so hiram sent that woman a message but never heard back um Bruce looked at his matches and found the same woman. Okay. They shared less than 2% of DNA. So that makes her like a probable like second cousin. Yeah. Okay. So Bruce and Hiram immediately grasped the implication. If this woman is a first cousin to Hiram and a second cousin to Bruce, then LT Fox was her grandfather. Hiram tried to a couple of times to reach out to her to no avail. But then six months later, in October of, um, I guess it would have been October of 2018, a message came up from her. She said, first cousins, huh? That's a little wild. Um, She didn't know much about her paternal grandparents. And she said, quote, my dad is in his 60s and I'm 32. He swears his mother never told him who his dad was, but we believe he was white. Her dad, in other words, was born sometime in the late 1950s, at least 20 years after Hiram's father was born. Lt would have been in his 80s.
0: Still raping people.
1: What the fuck? Was he still the warden of the prison at that time? I don't know. That that part's not clear. But even if, I, I don't know, I feel like those connections are so like lifelong that he- Yeah, even if he wasn't, he had some, he still had some connection. I don't know. That's fucking gross.
0: I wish they'd have been able to find out if that woman, like her grandmother, had served time in the prison or if she maybe worked for the family or something, you know what I mean? Something like that.
1: Yeah, so she, he tried to keep engaging her, but she, she went quiet and she declined um, an interview for the story. So, but that would be really interesting to figure out yeah um so census records and obituaries um show that LT and his wife had three children who survived into adulthood um only one was a girl and she was she was like grown up by the time Fred was a kid so Hiram doesn't know if or how LT was related to the young girls who had shown up with those gifts right I I think that is like I really wonder about that. Like, where did they come from? Like, how do they? Yeah, fit who into were this? they? Yeah, all three of Lt's known grown children have died. Only one is known to have had a child, and there were, and there are no known, no known grandchildren. So he appears to have no living descendants from his marriage, but at least one, and quite possibly two, black grandchildren from other women, maybe more. Wow. Um. The, the the person who wrote this article asked Hiram if he thought any other descendants were likely to emerge. Um, and he said, I wouldn't doubt it. He said, I've got a lot of matches. I, there's a ton of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'm sure he abused his power constantly like that.
1: Uh-huh. Um, <sighs> so I thought this was like so touching to me. So after the shock of all this, Bruce began to like really feel the weight of it and he questioned if he should feel guilty or not it wasn't
0: even his grandfather like it was his great uncle i mean granted yes i understand i understand that i do i just wow you know
1: Mm-hmm. so he said this is obviously a rape a horrible thing but he also was delighted to have found a new part of the family. This is so cute. He goes, I guess I can best sum it up by saying that in 1928, something horrible happened. And in 2018, something very nice happened. Yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. And it's the article goes on to say, like, they were all suddenly family. Um, That's not to say that Hiram's emotions are all sorted out. He said, I don't know if I feel any um, animosity. He said, I guess I'm glad that I'm alive. He, which would be weird because it's like you're alive kind of because of this very awful thing. Yeah, this
0: horrific thing that happened.
1: That would be like a lot to sort out. Um, He says he feels genuine warmth toward Bruce. And he said that um, he cherishes their frequent talks and he's proud that he finally cracked this case that had pulled at him since he was a kid. Yeah. Um, he said he, it also hurts him to think about Bernice's experience in prison, which, like, that would kill me. Yeah. Um. Did he or, have a,
0: a relationship with her at all? Like, was she? No, okay. he, she
1: had died before, like, he he never knew her. Okay. Um, so, at like, at the, at the time this article was written, just the week before, Hiram actually retired from his job of, like, in all places, a woman's jail. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's in like LA County. So it's a big one. Yeah. He said as one of a handful of supervising sergeants there, he was responsible for ensuring the health and safety of rough, like over 2000 inmates. Wow. Um, he said thinking about his grandma made Hiram more empathetic toward women under his care. He said, I've tried to encourage them. I've even shared my story with some of them.
0: Yeah. That would uh, help him connect and, you know,
1: how crazy is that that that's where he worked? Like that is that's that's not a a very weird.
0: It's a it's a very weird turn of fate.
1: It's very like that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um So he goes on to say that he's under no illusions. He's seen women miscarry from the stress of being locked up, just like he believes Bernice did after she arrived at Parchman. And he knows that other terrible things happen there too. For the past couple of years, the jails have reeled from claims by at least six inmates about um, being sexually assaulted by a deputy. Mm. Um, He said nothing has really changed much. Just as just as she was vulnerable back then, these inmates are vulnerable today. Yeah. Um. They they both wrestle with LT's legacy. One day when Hiram was on the phone with Bruce. Um, and uh, and Jane his wife they apologized for LT's actions. Hiram said he never expected that and he never wanted an apology, but he just wanted hard facts about what happened. But still he when he heard them so genuinely trying to make amends, he was moved. He said it did my heart good to hear them talk about it. He said they can't be responsible for what he did, but the fact that they admitted it and were willing to talk about it was healing for me.
0: Right? yeah
1: that's i'm glad a that he
0: he acknowledges about you know them not being responsible for that though because that's a heavy weight for the sins of your great uncle i mean i wonder if that statement helped him feel helped bruce feel less guilty
1: so i think so i had like a lot of thoughts after reading all of this so i think it's And this is so applicable to today. Like, I always have, Mm -hmm. like, a fucking social change lesson. But, (laughs) but, like, I think it's really important to know that, like, you don't have to feel... You don't have to feel guilt over, like, benefiting from privilege and luck. But you just have to admit that you have it. Right. And you have to admit that, like, no, you're... And I, I get so annoyed with that argument. Like, no, you're not responsible for slavery, but you have to be willing to admit that it happened and that it was wrong and that right. like it's just about validation. That's all.
0: Yeah. And that, that the repercussions are still felt today. You have yeah. to acknowledge that.
1: <laughs> Ex- exactly. Like, I think that's really, that's all people want. Yeah. It, is that like it happened and it continues to matter and it continues to impact people when it shouldn't. And I think what, I think Bruce, what he said was, like, because obviously he can't be held, held responsible for, like, carrying that horrible f- thing that his grandfather did. But, like, he just admitted that it happened and that great it caused, uncle. or what, yeah, sorry, yeah. great uncle, you're right. Um, but he just admits that it happened and that, like, it caused a lot yeah. of trauma for yeah. someone and And he's sorry for it yeah and he's sorry that it happened like yeah uh, that's all people fucking want (laughs) yeah absolutely so i thought that that was like really i thought that was really helpful and like a helpful lesson and a practical way of like just explaining how to be empathetic towards something even if you don't have control over it or you didn't directly contribute to it yeah 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 um And I also thought it tied in nicely with your story from last week about the abusive legal system. I was like, Jesus Christ, this shit is not going away. Apparently
0: you cannot consent to sexual relations while you are in custody at a prison or a jail, you are in custody. So why the fuck did that law not transfer over to while you're in police custody? that's what that's literally what blows my mind
1: because rachel remember the title we have to lay it out for idiots (laughs) yeah
0: yeah my god my god that's like even if even if an inmate did willingly have sex you know consented on every level that they possibly could right it's still not consent because they're incarcerated. You cannot give consent while you are incarcerated. <laughs>
1: and it's like, yeah, it beca- by virtue of the fact that there's a power imbalance, that's exactly, yes. I mean, it's similar to why, like, there's statutory rape. Yes, yes. Because, like, there's a power imbalance there.
0: And I am obviously willing to bet money that she, that uh, Bernice did not consent in any way, shape, or form, and that it was
1: no she probably did forcible rape yeah it was either like it was either blatantly forcible and ugly and gross or it was like i'm just gonna do this to like stay alive yeah yeah i mean and either are either disgusting yeah 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 so yes that is i like that Uh, that was a good one
0: yeah that was a really good one um if I if I do say so myself. <laughs> yeah. Not the toot your own horn, but yeah. toot
1: toot. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that that was that was very interesting. And I'm really glad that he was able to solve that and has this connection with a new side of his family too.
1: Yeah, I mean it's just it's like he summed it up so perfectly. He was like, in nineteen twenty eight, something really bad happened, but in two thousand eighteen, something really good happened. That's what, like sixty years later.
0: Yeah. We I'm still blown go. away. I did that
1: horribly wrong. 80 oh, yeah, years no. later. Yeah. Nine?
0: I I just was saying yeah, because I wasn't gonna try and do math. But um, I'm such
1: a fucking moron. God damn. Many, many decades
0: later. Good um, luck.
1: 50, 60.
0: I'm just gonna keep going up till we hit one of them. Oh my god. Um but it is crazy that it came kind of full circle that Hiram worked in a female prison. It would have been even crazier if he was a warden. Um
1: and here's the other crazy thing that I didn't I didn't mention. It was just like a funny detail like that LT, like the piece of shit guy, he was a warden and like trained as a doctor as well. Ugh. And Bruce is a doctor. No, that's <laughs> yeah wow like it's it's really weird but they're both like they're both the good guys you know yeah yeah whereas like they got these like this guy was a piece of shit but like they took his like good qualities or like his good skills or something and i don't know i thought did something good with that yeah that's Uh really yeah didn't that blow your fucking mind
0: yeah yeah of all of all jobs
1: a women's prison yeah yeah not even just, like, prison,
0: like, specifically oh, a women's prison. Yes, and yeah. he was,
1: like, a higher up, like, he, I, I think yeah. he was a sheriff or something. That's, that's insane. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's good one story. Of
1: my, one of my faves so far.
0: Yeah, that was a good story. <sighs> good.
1: You have any <laughs> way to end this shit? <laughs> any padded
0: room? Um, I'm trying to think. I kind of did padded room at the beginning because I said I got my cuddle clone.
1: I know I was thinking that I was like, "This, she should have saved that."
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, we're gonna start random nodding. Um, okay,
1: you talked about this at yeah work, and I was like, "What?" I like couldn't. I was like, "What are you talking about?"
0: So you use this app, and it gives you like you're supposed to like press these buttons or whatever. You know, focus on some kind of intention. So like. You could focus on like, when you watch people doing videos, they focus on like, one of them focused on finding a dog and it literally took them to a dog. One of them focused on finding somewhere creepy and it took them to an abandoned building. Like you're supposed to have some kind of intention, focus on it and it gives you these random coordinates and then you go to that those coordinates.
1: So it's like psychic? I don't know,
0: but this is like, when you get in like the rabbit holes of it, like people are like, the reason that we do this is it takes you outside of your normal routine and it's breaking up like your normal routine and it's almost like breaking the simulation that we're living in.
1: What the fuck? Yeah. So wait a minute. Like, do I have to say this out loud? Like, no, you just think about it.
0: Yeah. I don't so know.
1: If, if I wanted to see, like, okay, I want, I really want to see like a garden
0: you could focus on that and it might give you the coordinates to a garden. It doesn't always work. Like I've seen some people like this is bullshit and it didn't work for me, but I've seen other people like this one took them to a circle in the middle, like a circle of like logs in the middle of the woods that someone had set there. And like, when they got there, they said they had all these like weird feelings and like, I don't
1: know. Yeah. I'm intrigued as far book
0: yeah I'm gonna do it I'm gonna focus on a cemetery because I want to find an old cool cemetery and see I mean because I like to actually go to old cemeteries that's one of my very strange hobbies
1: I like I I think they're I find them like fascinating and historical and cool well
0: people used to picnic like and have like outings to the cemetery like that was a thing back in the day and And, like
1: and i'm not as I'm not as in tune as you are by any means, but like we we set, we saw a couple in Maine when we went to visit my fiance's family before like shit hit the fan in this world mm-hmm. and i I feel tangible like I don't know how to describe it, but
0: I you just feel an energy
1: i f yeah i yeah. feel some i f like it's concrete, it's not like it's not like hit woo woo shit, it's like real,
0: yeah, oh yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely. That um, sounds
1: cool as shit. I wanna try and I want you to try first to tell okay. me how it goes.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do do it when we go out geocaching. Nice. So I'm very excited about that. So that can be my padded room. Okay. okay. Um some teenagers just did it and it took them to a beach in I think Washington and they found a dead body in a suitcase.
1: Where so how do you get in this rabbit hole? Is it like Reddit?
0: yeah there's a there's a reddit rabbit hole but just type in nodding" and it'll come up and then you'll see like all the people explaining it and it's pretty
1: cool oh my god okay so um oh well this is just something i've been telling literally everyone i i know um and you've probably heard it everyone's probably heard it but i just thought that the tiktoker k-popper teens or what the oh my gosh was that not the most amazing thing if you have not heard this they like did some fucking massive like viral campaign i don't know how they did it Mm -hmm. and they um they reserved all these tickets for that tulsa rally that he who must not be named attended and nobody came (laughs) like it was like it was what like a third of the capacity of the building mm-hmm. like up the arena. i keep seeing
0: all these memes like bruh the wiggles sold out that arena oh my god uh nickelback sold out that arena <laughs> and i'm just like
1: <laughs> i thought that was so amazing and i thought it was just like this like what a strength that these mm-hmm. that these yes kids, gen z like they use their strength it was not violent it did not harm anyone except for maybe his fucking ego but oh my like, god
0: that picture of him so broken afterwards is like the most amazing thing i've ever seen
1: oh my god that was like almost sad i was like no you... i know no. i know but i was like if you were anyone else like that is it's just like pitiful
0: <laughs> speaking of sad i fucking love matthew lillard lillard i just i love matthew lillard he's hilarious okay. and i adore him i
1: that's shaggy right
0: yeah, but he's also in, like, SLC Punk And, like, and, like good, girls. He's
1: on good y- girls Yeah,
0: I just I fucking love him um, Someone tagged a picture Of him next to Trump And was like uh, If there's gonna be a movie made about You know, this asshole Essentially, like, Matthew Lillard to play him And he tweeted back This is the meanest thing that anyone has ever said And then he was like, <laughs> but I'm available <laughs> Like that's amazing. (laughs) It was a pretty good like comparison. Like he could he could pull it off.
1: He could because he's like so goofy and like yeah. But he's like charming goofy, but he could he could definitely go to like completely idiotic like that direction.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I yeah. So I just uh, I just think it's really really hilarious and if they ever do a movie he should definitely definitely play
1: that asshole yes um and then like when i when all this when i saw all this about this tiktok thing to like sabotage the rally which was held on juneteenth in tulsa where i
0: thought they were supposed to reschedule it
1: Mm, well they didn't didn't. but the tiktokers did (laughs) they yeah yeah. they just canceled it (laughs) yeah um, but I was like, that led me to this BuzzFeed article about like how Gen Z like makes fun of Millennials. I, have you seen that? Oh, and how accurate that is! It's fucking hilarious. give me an example
0: of some of them.
1: Um, one was like, oh my God, they were just like, why do, why do Millennials like, why are they still so obsessed with Harry Potter? Like, grow up. <laughs> and like, one was,
0: <laughs> I'm not mad at it. It's the truth. I'd like to point out that. Uh JK Rowling is canceled but Harry Potter is still okay.
1: Oh, JK
0: cuz she can't shut her fucking turf mouth.
1: Just, but that's okay. Just shut up. Like,
0: yeah. Yep.
1: I know that that's that was definitely um, Yeah. And it's like, okay, I I was trying to think about it. Like, your idol your these people you idolize are not no, and be perfect.
0: But that's just, it's fucked. I don't know. It's And
1: it's like, what do you think is going to happen? No, like, what? I just can't
0: support her in that. You know what I mean? I just can't, It, you know.
1: And like, I've been saying this, I've been saying this since Paula Dean and her bullshit a few years ago. Like, you can't, when you're famous and in the public eye, there's shit you can't say. I mean, I'm glad she did
0: because now I know she's a piece of shit, but right.
1: like... But... I, I'm just like, why w- would you even say that on a, on social media? Like, what are you thinking?
0: Yeah, I yep. don't know.
1: I thought that was. I'm just like you're, you're, yep. you're crazy. I don't know. It's just like so. J.K.
0: Rowling is canceled, but we're gonna take back Harry Potter, and it is we'll ours, back- and it has always been ours.
1: We'll take so. back Harry Potter. Okay, yeah. I want to. I do want to read you like a funny example of this Gen Z versus Millennial thing. It's really funny. Um. No, it's not this article, damn it. Some made me like LOL
0: for real. I had a couple people share it and I was like, what is this? And I just didn't click on it because I just didn't.
1: Uh, okay.
0: Did you find it?
1: I found the article I'm trying to find one here of... I found it
0: twenty eight things gen z uh hold on gen z has made a has made a observations gen z has made about millennials that are funny because they're true
1: um I'm on the one that's like twenty eight tweets about millennial or t- about things millennials like blah 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 but these are like they're they both have similar if not the same things. But one is (laughs) Millennials Love Portrait Mode, and that cracked me the fuck up because when Portrait Mode came out on the iPhones, me and my friends were like, oh my god, this is like high-quality professional shit. (laughs) And we we still use it on
0: everything. This one's really great. Uh, Millennials Always Want to Talk About the Scholastic Book Fair and the Aesthetic (laughs) of Taco Bell from the 90s, but never their credit score. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah
1: this one millennials love to say problematic without understanding the problem
0: yeah yeah millennials love referring to overcoming a personal problem as their journey their journey
1: yes oh. millennials love reading books titled <laughs> what which one which one
0: millennials always say i'm a 90s kid you're not a kid anymore brian you're 30 years old it's time you schedule your own doctor's appointments.
1: Uh, this this one i related to like so much millennials love to keep referencing spongebob like bro you're 30 go watch west wing
0: oh my god i
1: reference spongebob all the time
0: yeah 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 uh millennials love i'm guilty of this millennials love to ask for rec for a recommendation and end it with and go like everyone is lined up in a race to google something for them
1: i hate when people <sighs> do that
0: i don't go and go but i'll just be like does anybody have any you know what i mean like
1: that and go thing is what pisses me off like <laughs> I-, I get so annoyed by that <sighs> um
0: millennials love pay paying like 75 dollars for useless little trinkets to set on top of ikea furniture <laughs> yeah here you go millennials love reading books titled how to stop giving a shit and start being a fucking boss yep yeah i feel like that's a little you a little you That'd just a little a
1: <laughs> that's fine
0: i don't see there's anything wrong with it
1: um
0: millennials love using reaction gifts yes the fuck i do
1: Yeah, I was like, wait, that's not a thing anymore. (gasps) Millennials love referring to a customer as
0: client. A dash of fabricated importance (laughs) goes a long way.
1: (laughs) I think that's one of the ones that made
0: me laugh. I love saying adulting. Documenting when they successfully cook any sort of meal.
1: There was one on a different list. It was like... um. It was like millennials make the biggest deal out of growing any sort of living thing. Like, like we could have like a little succulent that literally takes no maintenance. You water it like once a month and we're like, oh, my God, look at this.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Well, OK, That was, that was good. Fun. Um, send us stuff on social media. Do you want your animals? Oh, sure.
0: Um, I'm not going to say this right, but, uh, Jaguarundi.
1: Oh, it's so cute. It's like a kitty. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. Uh, a
0: ring-tailed mongoose.
1: I don't like the weaselly looking things.
0: Oh, I do. Okay. Um, a Draco Volans. I'm saying that wrong, but it's Draco space V O L A N S. It's a motherfucking dragon, y'all. Oh, it
1: is a motherfucking dragon, y'all. <laughs> it's like it has wings or something. Yep,
0: it's like a flying lizard, which is cool. It's a it's a little baby dragon.
1: That's toy. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. that
0: yeah did you see
1: the video of it flying it's cool as shit does it like glide
0: yeah it's like like how a sugar glider flies
1: yeah that's cool oh yeah okay i like that
0: and i don't know if you're gonna find this cute but the babies are cute and i enjoy it because it's a pig Uh, a mangalitsa pig m-a-n-g-a-l-i-t-s-a
1: Dun, 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 dun. Is it like a sheep pig? Yeah, it's like a cross between a sheep and a pig. It's a furry
0: pig, and pigs okay. don't generally have like fluffy fur. You know, like they don't oh. have fur. That's
1: they have few. Yeah. Is it so. legitimately like a product of crossbreeding?
0: No, no. It's just a like where they're where they're from. They have to have hair. Okay. Well, so kind of cute.
1: They're kind of like pig doggies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So you know. Adorable and right up my alley. Wooly pigs.
1: Wooly pigs. No, I can so, get down with the wooly pigs. I yeah. just don't like the weaselly looking things.
0: Oh, yeah, I do. Not I love those. them all. I know. love them all. So, yeah. Okay. Well, this was Chardonnay and DNA.
1: This was a long one.
0: It was. It was very long.
1: Yep. Follow um, us on the socials. Um, Chardonnay and DNA on Instagram. Chardonnay and sign DNA on Facebook. Chardonnayanddna at gmail.com. Chardonnay DNA on the Twitter. That's irrelevant. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> Chardonnayanddna.com. Yep. We have t-shirts. Please buy them. Buy t-shirts, please. Please buy
0: them and represent us out in the world. Um, email us, message us on social media if you want to buy one, and I will set that up. Um. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Okay. Bye. Bye.